Hey, everybody. This is Todd. This is Sam. And this is Rich. And welcome to the show. <laughs> the show. We're here in our third week. And how's it going, guys? Going good, good. man. Good. Excellent. Excellent. What have you been up to? Uh, watching a lot of Cohen Brothers. Cohen Brothers. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, no, uh, did did any of us uh, like sit down and watch like 37 other movies and want to talk about any of them or anything? <laughs> so I went to, <laughs> so that was fun. I went to Sundance Film Festival, which is probably the only time I'll ever get to do this, but it's all online this year. And I went and I really went all out by getting 37 uh, films in during that particular period of time. God, so it was damn. a little crazy. Yeah. yeah, I averaged about six a day and uh, they were great. The highlights were uh, a couple of films. There was Prisoners of the Ghostland, which you have to look forward to, which is a uh, Sion Sono, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a director from Japan, uh, sorry, China. He's crazy, does all sorts of crazy stuff. And he worked with Nick Cage on this one. Uh, so it's basically Nick Cage trying to save a woman from a ghost land. And it's, uh, it's a great film. It's one of the things I saw that was pretty awesome. So a couple of other highlights. There's a film called Coda that's going to come out that was amazing coda stands for children of deaf adults it's a heart tearjerker heart rendering you know sort of film so that was pretty good but overall it was just kind of fun to go to a film festival never done that before probably will never do it again so we'll see Surrey seventh film sounds like a lot like if you i know, watch oh. 10 if i watch 10 films in a week i feel like super accomplished and feel like superman 37 makes me exhausted just hearing it. Well, I'll watch God. more than I'll watch more than 10 in a normal week, but 37 was insane for me. Uh and uh yeah, though it was it was fun though. You really start to um get movie drunk towards the end sure. and uh things start to blend together for you, but luckily the Sundance films are so diverse and they're so uh Generally speaking, there's a lot of passion behind them. The, there were Q&As after every movie, which was a lot of fun. So you could get to see the directors talk about things and stuff like that. I saw Judas and the Black Messiah, if you all have heard, uh, heard of that. Yeah, I've been wanting to yeah. see that. I've been looking forward to watching that one. They premiered it there. It'll be on TV, uh, on uh, one of the channels soon, but great film. I'm excited. Week. Oh, there you go. It's on HBO next week. Uh, in the q and I forgot that Daniel Kaluuya uh, was British, so my mind was blown. So that's that's just one observation I came up with, is that Daniel Kaluuya does one of the best American accents there is amongst British actors. I think he's talented. So that was my Sundance experience. What, uh, what, what have y'all been up to? So I feel like I owe this joke since you watched mm -hmm. 37 films in a row. Okay. Try not to watch any films on the way through the parking lot, Todd. <laughs> hey you get back here <laughs> you know what's weird i was to go on a tangent i was thinking about kevin smith the other day because um I, I don't know why he popped up on my facebook as like somebody i might want to follow and it had like a picture of him and i was i wonder how i would feel re-watching um, a Kevin Smith movie now like I liked Dogma a lot when I was younger and I loved Mallrats and Clerks and even Clerks too I wonder how like 33 year old Sam would view a Kevin Smith movie nowadays I've I've unapologetically enjoyed them I liked Red State I actually liked that one and I, I, I even like liked Tusk I even like Tusk a lot this is fun and stupid but uh 
I don't know. I was just thinking about like what I find Jane's. I didn't see Jane Silent Bob reboot or whatever it was called. I did. It was meh. Yeah. But like, I don't know. At a certain point, you've you've made enough good movies or well, you know, good, good movies that will give you a pass. Yeah. I bet Chasing Amy still really holds up too. Chasing Amy holds up, but it's more it's it is dated. It holds up as a good film, but like sure. it's amazing it's amazing how far we've come in terms of like our dialogue around the topic. Because sure. uh, I I just saw it yeah. recently, and conceptually it holds up, but some of the language you're like, oh wow, that's interesting for, like you know what I mean, like a film of this time. I saw Clerks well, it was progressive for its time, but it was so yeah yeah, <laughs> it really was. Clerks held up pretty well when I saw it recently. I, I liked it. I, I think the fir- Clerks will definitely hold up. I think that will stand the test of time. For yeah. sure. I think as long as people are working shitty customer service jobs, Clerks yeah. is going to have a spot. We like that while the video rental store is, you know, gone away, obviously, the idea of just like annoying a customer or just being shitty to a customer right back is, is just, it, it rings true forever. Yes. Yes. The, the most dated part is going to be like, what? They, they got their porn from magazines and, and movies? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> so wait, you watch porn and then you bring it back? What? Yeah. You paid money. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to bring up something I watched um, recently. I watched Ganja and Hess for the first time, and I'd never seen it before, that um, 1973 Bill Gunn film. That movie is really like it stuck with me and i've thought about it all week long if i if you guys haven't seen it definitely check it out um it's like a it's a vampire kind of it's you know it's a vampire film but not really it's about a man addicted to blood uh who gets stabbed by a ceremonial dagger but it's a really art house film like it's weird it's got like really cool old like richie you have did you see it i haven't seen it yet it's on my list though i i keep waiting for like a lot of the times when I watch horror movies, it's late at night and then I have to choose the right thing or I get sleepy during it. Sure. And this is kind of a, that, that seems like a movie that I want to actually like pay attention to yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. It's a film that if you're, I've seen it, it's a film that if you're sleepy, you, you won't, it'll, it'll put you to sleep, but I yeah. like it though. Uh, reviews sure. mentioned that it's a little bit slower moving at first. And that, yeah. that's what had me kind of holding off. But you'll love the sound design of it. Sorry. Um, you'll love the sound design of it. It's very much somebody got a tape delay and just is just playing around with that wet dry knob. <laughs> it's really cool. There's a Spike Lee version of that film. Did you know that? The, I, the Sweet Blood of Jesus. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I, I've heard I, was of that. I haven't seen it. that one either. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you like the original one, it's definitely a, a must-see just to see how he changed it up a little bit. And it's good. I, the original is probably better, but it's good. Does it, Um, I'm assuming it's in modern time? Because that came out a couple yes. of years ago, right? It wasn't that long ago that that came right, out. Right, right. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. Um, and yeah, it's in it more like modern early time. Early aughts or something? I'd have to look it up. Remy Malik's in it. Oh, that can't be that old. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That guy and his bulging eyes have only been around for so long. <laughs> Very true. Mr. Very Robot true. was a great show. I, I, I didn't. I don't think I finished it. I watched two seasons of it. How many? Yeah, I watched the first two and then totally forgot. About yeah, that totally forgot about it. The Sweet Blood of Jesus was 2014. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So not now. Not too long. Yeah. Well, I really want to see it. Um. Because I really, like, like I said, that movie really stuck with me. There's some, there's almost like, 
there was two scenes in it where you almost feel like it's a Tarantino movie because like the dialogue in it, it's not like it it's like not associated with anything. It's just literally two people sitting down having a conversation and like shit you would talk about over drinks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a crazy story about like a what seeing um a director, a film being shot in Holland, but the word cut in Holland is a curse word there. And like how it like upset the locals. And you're like, this has nothing to do with anything, but it's an interesting story. And I, it's just, it's a really good movie. So. Nice. Yeah, nice. I will definitely have to, to dig that one up. I, I chose some weird movies besides the ones that we actually picked for this week. Uh, I watched The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, which I, I found delightful. Like it's a, a 70s French movie that is all about dinners that you're sitting down to and never eating and the sex that you're never actually having and it it's it's people that just keep getting interrupted as they they keep making more and more plans and and things just get more and more absurd as as the thing goes on i watched that uh i watched what happened to baby jane for the first time which was really interesting like yeah i liked that movie a lot more than i expected to i love that movie yeah it ties into one of my favorite episodes of one of my favorite shows, which is Atlanta and the Teddy Perkins episode. Uh, Todd, you now starting to, to watch some Lakeith Stanfield stuff. You have to go back and watch Atlanta. This yep. episode feels like a standalone movie in a half hour. And it is very tied to what happened to baby Jane. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Oh yeah. That sounds like something I got to watch then. Cause Lakeith is one of my favorite actors. So I got to go do it. Dude, He's going to be like, I mean, he's already a star, but he is going to be a lasting presence if, if he continues. Yeah. And he's so good in Judas and the Black Messiah. Like Daniel Kaluuya notably is getting a lot of the attention, but it's just another great performance by him. I, I love him. He's great. He's great. Um, another random film I saw was a film that just came out uh, uh, yesterday, but it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. It's this film. Have you heard of this, Rich? Yeah. it's so okay <laughs> I, i'll be clear up front i don't like love this film but it is a crazy film that i really enjoyed watching um so a glitch in the matrix is from this guy uh whose name is rodney asher he also did room 237 which is this bizarre film if any of you have seen it which is like different kind of outsider theories on the shining and what happened with the shining this film a glitch in the matrix is about simulation theory and it's bizarre and they just he just finds people who believe in simulation theory lets them talk and lets them kind of like tie their own noose for lack of a better uh you know like term it's it's just this kind of crazy interesting movie that i really enjoyed watching and kind of making fun of while i was watching it and it was it was uh delightful i suggest it to people if yeah. it's anything like that movie room 237 is um <laughs> i mean watching it you're just like wow these people like it's so weird because you can tell they really believe it like mm-hmm. really believe it and you're just like these people are batty yeah batty. like not all of them but most of them you're just like holy shit you spent this much time like convincing yourself this is the thing yes. <laughs> that's a lot of effort you put in dude well it um, is the same vibe in a glitch in the matrix maybe even better i'm gonna I have would to say, definitely like, yeah. watch it because <laughs> like while i was so, watching room 237 i was just like wow this is all a crock of shit 
Yeah. <laughs> it's that feel. I love it. There's a show on HBO right now. Well, not it's wrapped up at this point, but it was called How To with John Wilson. And it is one of my sneaky favorite shows of the year. I've been meaning to check that out. It's, I saw it pop up on um, HBO and I was like, what the it's fuck? Very sim- if you liked Nathan Fielder, it I is do. very similar yeah. to that. Okay. And cool. he is an executive producer on it. Uh, but one of the times, like they start talking about the mandala effect, and he goes to a mandala effect conference uh, or mandala effect con- uh, conference, and all these people have decided that no, it's not me that's misremembering this thing. It is because I am being catapulted between universes, or that somebody is editing the global time. Uh, continuum and just all the way that these people have have justified their their opinions on this and it gets into some really interesting stuff oh man i gotta watch that then too there's a whole section in a glitch on the matrix about what percent of the people who they interact with on a daily basis are are probably npcs non-player they're not And it just made me think, like, what an egotistical way to go through life. Like, to think, like, yeah. not only are these people not as important as me, they're they're literally, they're just NPCs. That's what people are. <laughs> so part of me finds that funny, but part of me finds that terrifying. I know, I, I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you probably know where I'm going with this since you've read it. And yeah. Patrick, Patrick yeah. Hoxtetter oh, yeah. is... Uh, is somebody who believes that he is the only living being on earth and that everything he is doing is justified. And he's one of the scariest like sub Stephen King villains in, in any of the books. I like, I want to know who those people are. So I don't like when they're at the mall, I am on the other end of the building <laughs> when malls open That's up fair. again. <laughs> yes. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I, those are two uh, other great things I want to check out though. That's great. I need, that's the kind of nice brevity or like levity, I mean, that I'm going to need to like watch in the next couple of weeks. Those are going to be someday great. when, when you're not feeling something with levity and you're, you're uh, again, this is another movie that you have to be pretty awake for. La Llorona was amazing. Right. Uh, it, the, the core story is about a general in Guatemala who's been accused of a genocide against the Mayan and indigenous people. And it's, it's all just wrapped up in the guilt that his family is fe- feeling as they are trapped in his compound, surrounded by protesters. He's been uh, proclaimed guilty by, by the court system, but then they throw out the the ruling because of you know a corrupt government and it just it just is this building tension and it kind of reminds me of of the same like under your skin feel that uh ari aster gets in in hereditary and midsummer and that sort of thing what country is it from again it's from guatemala guatemala dude it's on shutter within the last couple of years my favorite things i've watched on shutter have all been south american uh oh yeah did you, did you guys see be, terrified i haven't seen that one yet but tigers are not awesome. afraid was one of my favorites that was gonna be the one second one i was talking about tigers not afraid is such a good goddamn movie i would watch that any day of the week but like that and terrified were like i they, i was like if i don't love anything else from shutter it was worth all the money just to see those two movies because they're great so all right well we'll go to break and then we'll come back and talk about the coen brothers right on BRB. Hi, and welcome back. Um, so today we're talking about the Coen brothers. 
Any initial thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to apply some pomade, uh, fire up an 80s land yacht, and uh, listen to some yodeling music, because those are pretty common in the Coen Brothers universe. (laughs) They are, they are. So why the Coen Brothers? What do you think? What are some of the reasons we picked this as one of our earlier episodes? What's, What's so good about them? I think that they just make captivating movies, and they, despite using a lot of similar elements and even reusing some of the same scenes, they kind of just refuse to be painted into a corner. This has been a real interesting, and I kind of, and I didn't even, I went, this is a real roller coaster of an, um, of an episode for me because I always was like, oh, I really like the Coen brothers. And then as I was going, I, turns out I haven't seen most of their movies. And I had, I literally watched a lot of movies for the first time this time around. And I also realized that I wasn't as big of a Coen brothers film at fan as I thought I was and then came back around on it and it was just like it was it's been like a real crazy so like to me I mean like I you think about the big ones you think about they're always funny they're always at least a couple of good chuckles in every in every movie of theirs I think um that I've seen anyway and it's just they have their dialogue is yeah you said captivating I think that's the best way to put it. That's the best word for it is captivating. So I was kind of like, sell me on the Coen brothers. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah, I I don't want to give away too much, but this was, like I said, this has been a real interesting assignment for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just giving Rich a hard time. I love the Coen brothers. Uh, So to me, to me, it's a decent first place to start. I've seen a a decent amount of their movies and um, I'd say I at least like every single one of them that I've seen. There aren't really any that I I dislike. I think they tell captivating stories as people have said, but there's something kind of Americana about their work. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, they're uniquely American. They really tap into like American culture in a lot of their films. And I think that uh, they're just interesting that way. I like their slow pace that they often have. Their storytelling is magnificent and their films look pretty. So I think they're a great place to start or one of the good ones to do go a to good really. Album reflecting america as america is instead of america as america wishes to present itself like a lot of american directors will present an america that isn't necessarily a true america but the coen brothers america we all recognize we all have seen that that aspect another thing about them is they are a, a director duo that are so comfortable with pulling the rug out from under your feet and you I personally enjoy it every time. There have been so many other movies where like, I thought I had a bead on where it was going on what was happening. And then just turn out, I was totally wrong. The, <laughs> the one that always springs to mind with this is Barton Fink. I watched Barton Fink five times before I reached the end of Barton Fink. And every time I, I, I cut and, and ran right before the, the scene that pivots it and, and turns the entire rest of the movie on its head. And once I hit that point, I was like, this movie is brilliant, and I can't believe it took me this long to finish it. But I can't think of another director that does that, where like I, I lull myself into this assumption that I know where this movie is going, and then I'm completely flabbergasted by the end. I'm not Shyamalan. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair. I mean, like one of my favorite movies that we're not covering on this of theirs that i I've owned on DVD and watched a hundred times is burn after reading. 
And you want to talk about like shit I did not see coming. Like they kill off the most lovable dope in the whole damn thing. (laughs) It's not even a drawn out thing. It's just popped through the back of the head. Yeah, it was it was so shocking where I was like, whoa. No, decisions <laughs> that that make yeah. them stand by themselves. Sure. Same with like Fargo. Fargo was a a folky, you know, funny movie until a wood chipper makes an appearance, and then it's a different film. Even yeah. before that, I would say like when the ransom money gets to be dropped off, I didn't see most of that coming to some extent. You know, um, you know. Elemism. there's also a fair amount of like people being murdered by hatchets like but that's the thing is like they know what they like and they'll reuse it and it's fine and it just becomes this kind of shared universe between these movies like i think of like blood simple and big lebowski there's that same scene where it fixates on a bug a vw bug with a private investigator in it in the distance and you just don't know how it's going to turn out and it works in both of those movies yeah yep Excellent. So I guess we decided we were going to talk about a couple of things. We might be able to mention honorable mentions and some point and sneak them in, but we picked a lesser known Coen brother to, uh, movie to talk about. And then a, uh, one of their classics, I guess would be the way to say it. One of their bigger, more well-known films to talk about. Uh, so Sam, actually let's start with you. Like what'd you yeah. pick for your, uh, lesser known Coen brothers film to, to talk about? Uh, the first, uh, the movie I picked was their first movie, Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. I believe it's their first. Yeah. Um, I had heard about this movie. I, I saw it a couple of years ago. Me and my friend sat down and watched it and I loved it. I, I first found out about it, I believe, on an Evil Dead commentary track. Because they were, because nice. they, they kind of helped each other out. Our Coen brothers helped them get Sam Raimi get funding or something like that or gave him funding advice mm-hmm. on, on how to raise money for Evil Dead. Um, so like I knew this movie was talked about by Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and I was kind of like well I'm curious about it because I, I my my past with the Coen brothers is I've seen all the big ones right like I've seen you know No Country for Old Men owned it on DVD you know Fargo Big Lebowski like I knew all the big guys so I was like oh I would like to see their early Evil Dead and there's actually scenes in this movie that are so Evil Dead like that are fantastic and I think it's it taps into that B horror shot. It was like came out in '84, so it's got that wonderful '80s dirt feeling to it. You, you feel like you need to take a shower. Watch just the opening scene in this this movie. What I can't remember was his name, Mort Morty, the bar yeah. owner. Yeah, yeah. Every time you watch that guy, you can just smell his hair grease. Like, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and so. But like, there's scenes where like him. And the uh, female protagonists are sitting, are fighting in the yard, and the camera goes swoops up from the yard, like the like from like the it's very Evil Dead, like camera on a plank of wood, kind of. We thing. just bought a steady cam. Yep, we don't have a steady cam. We built one, and <laughs> um, there's some like really cool gross out shit in this that feels like a B horror movie that I love. It's the gore and the violence in this movie is so awesome. I dig it. So one of the things that I, I heard about Blood Simple, and it totally makes sense having seen this movie, that the scene where the the bar owner is crawling out of the car before yes. he gets buried, yeah. that scene was something that they had filmed before the movie 
and that scene of just him crawling in the headlights as as the bartender is like looking at him and trying to decide what he's gonna do apparently that's how they sold this entire movie was by shooting that one scene and just like making people want to know what the hell the story of this is right no i I, I had heard that too i think that's one of the things they brought up on that evil dead doc i was um referring to um i i originally found out about blood well i knew of it existing but i heard a lot about it in a book on on film direction and it was used for a lot of like example shots and as it kept showing up i was like okay this is like one of the few big movies in this book that i haven't actually watched and i finally got around to watching it this year and it just blew me away like as simple as the story is you're just hooked as soon as, as stuff happens there's some really gorgeous shots too like um when he's shooting through the bathroom wall and you just see yeah. the the lights here shoot beams. out yeah. i love it love it and even like the when they have that callback where she has the dream and you see the shattered glass on the ground of that like big loft apartment, you know, or I don't know what you kind of apartment you would call that, but like, and then it comes back around at the end and you just, there's something about the way the light hits the glass and it's like all perfectly angled. It's great. I love it. Also this movie, you totally believe the agony that these characters are in through the entirety. Everybody is having a bad time and you believe it all. Even Morty, like you go from hating him to being like, "Yeah, he kind of got the shit that, end yeah. of the stick." Like, and certainly did not deserve that. Nobody deserves that ending of a life. <laughs> but so weird that it's just so rooted in a lack of communication between all of these parties and what they just assume about one another, and it, yeah. it gets into this interesting psychology sort of stuff to me. I agree. This was so I had always heard of blood simple. I just never got around to it until like yesterday. Uh, so yesterday I watched this and I really liked it. It's actually maybe my favorite looking. Cause I like the weird lighting they use in a lot of them. It might be one of my favorite looking Coen brothers films. If not my favorite looking Coen brothers film. Uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. I'm going to do the compliment sandwich that Rich endorses. Uh, I don't particularly like if I think about where this is weak for me, for me personally, the characters just don't stick out as much as they do in other films. I think that's obviously something y'all disagree with from the way y'all were describing it. But like the the characters just don't feel as rich as they do in some of the other Coen Brothers films. But with that said, uh, I also thought just the script and the themes were awesome. I loved this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, so that's my I compliment. Agree on the characters. Yeah, I oh, agree with yeah, you too. Yeah. Not as fleshed out, but at the same time, it feels like in some ways they did that to keep that pacing so that you're just sure. constantly at the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen next. I think that's, no- yeah, I think that's just what I missed. Cause one of the things I love the most about the Coen brothers is that like rich characterization that they have on so many of them. So it was, it was weird. It almost didn't feel like a Coen brothers film to me in some ways, but I did really like it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I think, and I I'm glad, um, you guys uh, allowed me to talk about this movie because I think this is probably my favorite Coen Brother movie. But it's also, it hits all the the Sam checkpoints, like my favorite things. Like <laughs> I love, even like there's some scenes in it that like the when he gets the knife through the hand, it's, it's, it's that 
that fun, gross, where she twists the blade. I'm like, that's like, that's my, that's my jam right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sick fuck. I don't know what to tell you. So. No, that's fair. This is definitely up there for me too on, on some of the same notes. And especially, I just, I don't know why, but I love that last exchange in this movie more than most of the Coen Brothers universe, where she's just like, I'm not afraid of you anymore, Morty. And he's just like, ha! I'll be sure to tell him if I see him, lady. Like, <laughs> also, I think my favorite joke in any Coen Brothers movie is in this movie, when Morty drives off. And they're like hugging in the in the yard, and then he comes back around. He's like, "I wish I could have seen his face when he found out it was a dead end." Like, yeah. <laughs> there's something about oh, that yes. that I love very much. <laughs> well, I mean that that is also a a cornerstone of the Coen Brothers is things go wrong in these movies, and it's not just convenient wrong. It's no. it's not just a a plot forwarding something went wrong. Things actually just go wrong, and and that's that's what I love. It feels real. Yeah, it's great. So, Blood Simple, if you haven't seen it, definitely. It's great. Absolutely. Rich, what, what would, would you pick for this? Uh, so, I, I chose A Serious Man, which, since Sam mentioned that uh, Blood Simple has the hallmarks of an 80s horror, this is the truest horror movie that the Coen brothers have made, in my opinion. And it's not, it's existential horror. It's the horror that faces you in real life. And that's why I love this movie. This movie hits on all of your greatest fears that might actually happen to you at once <laughs> and has no apologies for any of it. Uh, I noticed a common theme with the two movies that I chose and I didn't even intend to do this, but both of the movies I chose are retellings of other stories or at least, you know, kind of. So a lot of people say that A Serious Man is a retelling of the book of Job from, from the Bible and that, you know, it's just a guy whose life just keeps getting worse and worse. This this is the story arc, uh, the Vonnegut story arc of from bad to worse. There There is no relief. There is no things are going to get better down the road. It just embraces the nihilism and destroys you for the entire like 90 minute run. Yeah. Uh, Cy, Cy, uh, Cy Abelman is such a good antagonist like he's so friendly but everything yeah. he says is just loaded with poison and you hate him yeah uh, the, the <laughs> final rabbi he just knows to just not get involved in this guy's problem like everything about it just comes together so well for me and i just the the opening is one of my favorite you know segments of any movie probably ever with the dibic so this is my third favorite coen brothers film I, I i love a serious man i think this is a great pick uh it is so funny uh in such dark ways like I, it's just i laugh so much during this movie but it also is i agree a horror film uh in the way that it's presented i always thought of it as an interpretation yeah of the book of job uh but um the the characterization is great in this film and the lead who i would have to check who plays the actual lead in this what is his name? Michael Stolberg or Stolberg. He is fantastic in this particular role as Larry Gopnik. This character is just so 
tortured the whole time but just endures it in these ways and he does such a good job of presenting this like tension of this character i I love this movie great pick yeah this is a movie where i i have to laugh at it because the only other response i could come up with is screaming (laughs) (laughs) i um, I think you're the odd man out here no 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 no. i had i had feelings on it uh this is the one that i kind of struggled with the most i think and i i wouldn't I was the person I was watching this. We had a lot of conversations about the Coen brothers as we're watching them. And it's very, is like, you have to be in the mood for a movie, like a serious man. It was funny. I I didn't hate it, by the way. I think it's a good movie. I think it just didn't land on me the same way it did with you guys. And I do think it's just 100% a mood thing. And I'll actually go into this about big Lebowski. um, When we get to that point, Um, I, I, Literally, I have nothing negative to say about this movie. It's just for whatever reason, like I laughed my ass off on the F Troop shit. I thought that was hilarious. That running gag. I mean, I also don't know, like I can't watch like a Meet the Fockers or Meet the Parents type movie where just terrible shit keeps happening to happening to a person over and over again. It bums me out to my core. (laughs) And like I have. it's and i think it's because it's so rooted in reality that like this shit i can totally see happening to you like a student tries to bribe you and you're like no fuck but like it keeps coming back around on you and it's like no i just go away go away problem i need you to go away and (laughs) like it's like like i said i have nothing bad to say about it and it's i i bet if i watched it like at a different time on a different day i'd love it but for some reason with me, I was, I was engaged the entire time. I did, I was never bored, but I like, I never was having fun, which I guess might not be the point of it, but. Well, it's you know. a movie for when you're having too good of a day. Like when you need that. Sure. that <laughs> when you just get done working 12 hours and then you pop it on the television, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go take a three hour long shower and try to not cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of the central tenets of this you know which also ties it you know to the book of job is this idea that like being a good person isn't enough just being trying trying to be good it won't get you out of these that it doesn't matter how you play this game you're still going to lose i and think maybe if i also knew that it was a play i didn't catch that it was a play on book of job i tell i like looked it up later i was just reading about it you know doing like a little bit of research and i was like oh okay that makes sense like but at the same but when i was just watching i'm just like wow this guy's fucking getting the shit end of every stick isn't he yeah and <laughs> this i actually recommend around halloween when somebody's like i want something you know scary but different like i've got a horror movie for you yeah it yeah you're right it's not a film to watch when you're already like in a mood where you're you're like i just want it's definitely not an uplifting film uh but it's it's powerful. I don't know. I love it. I, I think it's great. I mean, it might be uplifting in that you're you think about yourself and like, thank God I'm not that guy. Yes, yeah. thank God. I, <laughs> I guess you're just like, well, my boss is not great, but he's not that bad. And like, or my life isn't that bad, I suppose. So shut up and eat your popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Spark a doobie with the hot neighbor and you know, just yeah. ride it out. Uh, so Todd, uh, what what did you pick for your less known? All right, so I picked 
uh, a movie that I just recently re- rewatched uh, for this. The Man Who Wasn't There uh, is what I picked. The Billy Bob Thornton vehicle, uh, a film about a barber who is uh, bored with his life, has a, a life that doesn't have a lot going on, and he takes some chances and he learns that you better be careful or life will really screw you over. Uh, it's a film, it's one of those, another one of those like kind of fractured morality tales from the Coen brothers. Um, and for me, it really drew me in. I hadn't seen this in quite a while. So I picked it a little blind. I hadn't seen it since the theater, believe it or not, probably in 2001. Uh, but I remembered liking it. And when I rewatched it, I did really like it. I'm not going to claim it's top tier Coen brothers, but I think it's a really interesting story. You get to see a young ScarJo uh, also in it, uh, which is interesting. Um I think it's a good cast. Well, young everybody, even yeah. Billy Bob Thornton looks so young in this. Yes, a young, a young everybody. And I just like a lot of the characters in the film. There's character Freddie Redenschreier, uh, the slimy that. lawyer who I He's just really best. like. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just really liked it. I'm interested in hearing your, your thoughts. I, I'm actually, I just watched this this morning. So like, you know how we were talking about, like, I just said how it really depends on my mood of the day of what I watch for Coen sure. Brothers and how if I like it or not. This was like apparently the perfect day for me to watch this movie. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not going to okay. say it was perfect. I got kind of bored at different times or I like, all right, I got to like fold my laundry a little bit, but I had to like sure. kick myself in the head to like focus. I I really dug it. I loved ever. I loved James Gandolfini in it is awesome. He's fantastic. Tony Shalhoub, man, you weren't kidding. That's sleazy lawyer. He's so great. Yeah. And Billy Bob Thornton, like, there's something about, like, his, I don't know, is it stoicism? What, he's just kind of, like, taking everything as it comes. Yeah. And not not really reacting one way or the other, just, like, letting it wash over him almost. It's, there are times where you wonder if he's just, like, dumb or if, if yeah. he, he's just really smart and just knows not to to make a, a fuss about things. Yeah. 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 I, I like this movie. This movie worked with me. Um, I love the styling of it. Um, like I said, it is a little slow in parts, um, but I yeah. love the story. I love how any, like you want, you were talking about how you never know how it's going to turn out, you know, kind of thing. There's yep. that there's part, there's two parts in this movie that I did not see coming. And like, well, Hey, I am kind of sad that it wasn't a kingdom of the crystal skulls. Like it turns out it was aliens the whole time. Kind of bummed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, I was really hoping they would double down on that. Not just have it be like that scene in the yard. Yeah. yeah. I was really kind of hoping it would double down on it. But other than that, I don't know. This, this movie landed with me today. I really enjoyed it. Great. No one has ever tried that hard to get out of a blowjob in their life. Just. <laughs> So she was 16 years old when filming that. Yeah. Well, and it's such a weird subplot that, yeah, yeah like, it came out of nowhere. Girl, and yeah, well, like, that's the thing is that stuck with me through this movie is a lot of Coen Brothers characters I can get inside the head of, I can understand. Billy Bob Thornton, through almost this entire movie, is alien to me. Like, just how he's approaching everything, it feels so removed from me, but that also is what kind of made it interesting. Is because this is a guy that is, he's playing a different game than me. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I, I feel you. 
No, I love the character because I, I in, in a strange way, you have to project so much on him. So he becomes like this fully developed character just in your mind. I don't know if that makes sense or not, yeah. but like that's that's kind of how it feels. And I just think Billy Bob Thornton does a perfect job with it where I agree. Sometimes I was like, I guess you're just dumb. But other times I was like, no, I think he gets it. He's just uh, he's just trying to 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 live a good life. He's trying to take his chance, but life is screwing him over. I don't know. It's it's an interesting character to me. I like him. Also, I don't know what it was, but something about the fact that all of this crime is rooted in trying to open a dry cleaning business made me love it even more. I love that. That rocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really Have it. you heard about this new process I called know. dry cleaning? Well, as soon as he started talking, I was like, you fucking gotta be kidding me. Well, I had to start somewhere. But, but yeah. I think that that's that's exactly the type of choice that the Coen brothers make and other directors won't because we like this is too weird. Nobody's going to watch a movie about a guy who gets into this sort of situation over dry cleaning. And the Coens are like, yes, <laughs> they will. <laughs> and this got a screenwriting nom at the Oscars, actually. Did it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um not nothing else, but that that was its one. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I it, I think it's a really interesting script. Like, I like the idea, even his relationship with Scarlett Johansson. It does come out of nowhere her reaction, like you know when she does that, and it's kind of, but but like I like that he's just a basic dude who is so depressed in life that he sees this one good thing in the world and her piano playing. And he's like, he, he just latches onto it. Like it's such a depressing, but like interesting character trait. I don't know. I really like, I just like how he's set up. I think it's a neat little film. Well, you have that moment where it seems like, yeah, maybe this is going to go well. And then he's talking to the piano teacher like, yep, she sucks. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. What to tell you. She's never going to be good at this. That was one. Of the, I did see that one coming, but then like it was so well executed that I was like, yeah. oh, I don't care. I'm still having fun. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed that like all of our, our lesser known ones that we chose are very rooted in like cruel twists of fate. All, yeah. all characters are just being punished by this this unseen force that is is the world yeah absolutely <laughs> no i um i i'm very happy you picked that one todd that was quite a surprise oh good yeah, that, you this like actually it. made me watch it for the first time and yeah thank you for that yeah i'm glad you liked it Welcome back, everybody. So I'm going to go first on our better known Coen Brothers movies. And my pick was Oh Brother, Where Out Though? So I hadn't seen this movie since it first came out. And it's it's really interesting because a lot of this movie I like better now. But one bit I like a whole lot worse. And that is the the fact that they shoved the like blackface scene in when when they were dealing with the the KKK and yeah that just that aged very very poorly. But on on stuff that that grew, I as I'm an older person now, I recognize a lot of the historical characters that they've they've weaved into this story, like not Robert Johnson being met at the crossroads and and selling his soul. Uh, they changed the name on that, but then they have uh, Babyface Nelson, uh, 
and and even work in his his famous line of remember that Jesus saves but George Nelson withdraws and yeah. and it's one of those things where like I still like this movie a lot but I I think revisiting it I like the soundtrack even more like despite being mostly like old folk songs this soundtrack is just phenomenal and all the recordings they did for it are just top notch and this is also a technical achievement movie because this was, I think, the first, if not one of, or one of the first, if not the first movies to use digital color correction. Yeah, it to is. capture the look. And it, it still holds up for the most part. We have, we have John Goodman as an excellent Cyclops. We have, I, I forget the actor's name, but uh, the, the guy who plays like the devil or the sheriff with the, the blacked out sunglasses, who was also in Malcolm in the Middle and Seinfeld. But he's just this ominous presence in the entire thing. And it, it just, it, it meshes really well. We have the most sexually charged laundry scene of all time in a movie. <laughs> Nobody does laundry like that or ever has. But like, there's a lot of fun in this movie, and and similar to my other movie, it is a retelling of the Odyssey of Homer, and in, in addition to being a movie on its own. But I think the Coen brothers admitted after the fact that they had never fully read the Odyssey, and they just took the the big moves and worked it into their film. They read Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> the Spark Notes of Odyssey. <laughs> Well, I hadn't seen this since the theater and I uh, so I just watched it again the other day and I I liked it. I agree with you about that scene. Um, The uh, the film has never been a top tier film for me of theirs, but I do. I enjoyed a lot about it. The soundtrack is obviously like the star of this film, but the Coen brothers make me like George Clooney and nobody else has done that for me. Uh, But the couple roles that George Clooney has played, my honorable mention goes to Hail Caesar, a film that I actually like of theirs that we don't really have to talk about, but that I like of theirs, but they just make George Clooney likable to me. Um, where Robert when Rodriguez other people don't do it, no, with, with from dusk dawn. Honestly, George Clooney's my least favorite part of From Dust Till Dawn, but he's oh. not ho- he's not horrible in From Dust Till Dawn. But he's, <laughs> he's he's my least favorite part of From Dust Till Dawn. Um, oh. but uh, so yeah, you oh wow, you just caused me to admit something. I feel horrible. I'm uh. everyone's, <laughs> everyone's staring at me. Crowd. We got him. uh but anyway well i'll I'll put it this way at the very least i like him more in this um yeah i don't know i i liked it overall it's still not top tier for me because it's just a little hokey in spaces sometimes it's just not my style i think completely i don't really have like a complaint about it being written poorly it's just as much it not being my thing completely this is a this is a yeah. weird that's all very fair. This yeah. is a very weird movie for me because I don't know if it's just a Midwest thing, but like I feel like everybody's parents owned the soundtrack. Like this is a movie that the soundtrack my mom went out and bought. And we actually this is I I I have my history with this movie is before I even knew what the Cohen brothers were. Like this is a movie that my mom my parents bought and would just throw on randomly because they liked it so much. And like, I would, so like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I'll be honest with you. I didn't rewatch it for this 
talk because I was like, I've seen this movie enough to like talk about it. And like, it's, it's fun. It's ho- like, it is hokey. Um, the soundtrack is definitely the winner of it, but there's like, there's funny parts of this movie that like are still quotable. Like I'm a Dapper Dan man. Damn it. <laughs> I don't want pop. God damn it. Like there's just parts of this movie that are just fun. And like the do not seek the treasure. Like I think about that shit randomly throughout my week. <laughs> so, like maybe, like I said, again, maybe it's just the nostalgia of like happier times, I guess, you know, of like, you know, well, yeah, it was, it was made know. in what 2000, so it was before yeah. all of the the dark things that we think about in the modern era have, have happened. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we, it, it's kind of carefree. Yeah, we were still happy in 2000, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> as a testament to the soundtrack, I think the soundtrack lived in the CD player of my 96 Nissan Maxima for like at least two years. Sure. Uh, at, at some point in the mid aughts, because yeah, it was it was a banger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there there are some things uh, like I still like this movie a lot. It's very quotable. It's very entertaining. I feel like they took some of the groundwork that they laid in this movie <laughs> and brought it back for Ballad of Buster Scruggs to to make. Like I actually might like that one a little bit better than this, just really? for how it it those stories yeah i might have to revisit it then because i tried watching that the week it came out and just was not interested but I oh, could, i'm oh, probably wrong so i like the ending of, yeah it, it was it was a movie that i think i watched with with my in-laws during you know christmas uh it, it was a movie that was a safe bet for all parties involved sure. but yeah i ended up walking away really liking it and like some huh. of the later are like really dig into that Coen Brothers feel, and I appreciate them a lot. Nice, cool. But yeah, Old Brother, where out though? Fun movie. Right on. Well, for my pick, um, I did Fargo, and this is the first movie I watched in watching all these Coen Brother uh, films. I mean, there's a lot to be said about Fargo. I'm not gonna lie, it's good. <laughs> like uh i was not um there was it's it's definitely funny i've seen it a couple of times before and again this is this is why i was kind of like halfway through doing this coen brothers thing I'm like oh shit am i gonna be like the asshole who hates the coen brothers or just is not as excited it's good it's a good movie like but i wasn't like man this movie's a masterpiece for whatever reason like and i so like, apparently the coen brothers is a very of the time of the day i watch temperature movie because man i was just it was like it was good there's some really funny parts in it there's some really shocking parts in it i forgot about when steve buscemi or steve buscemi depending on who you ask um when he takes it in the in the freaking jaw you're like whoa damn i forgot about that part (laughs) like there's funny parts in it like i said and it's I was never bored, but for some reason it just didn't land with me. So I, even though I picked this, I'm going to give it out for everybody else to talk about because I'm sure I'm super wrong and everyone's got hot as correct. So since you mentioned Steve Buscemi, I think we are legally obligated anytime his name comes up to mention that. Did you know that Steve Buscemi was a firefighter after 9/11? Okay, we got that covered. Moving was he? <laughs> yeah, he was. I didn't know. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know yeah, it's one of those factoids that pops up all the time on the internet. Oh. 
Like anytime he gets mentioned in a Reddit thread, it's coming at some point. Just look for it. Gotcha. <laughs> Noted. Avoids Reddit. Uh, well, Noted. he was actually in uh, what's the the movie with Pete Davidson that just came out? Uh, oh, the King of Bill Staten Burr. Island. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's that's why they they cast him for it because yeah, Pete Davidson's da- dad died in nine eleven, and Steve Buscemi might have actually you know known the real guy. Interesting. Interesting. So anyway, Fargo. So again, like I said, I mean, I know it's a classic and I, I, I've always just been like, yeah, it's a good movie, but I was never like thrilled by it. And I was kind of disappointed when I was watching it. Like, and I can't put my finger on why it just doesn't land as hard as I know it does. Did it won best picture, right? I, I know it was at least nominated. Okay. I believe, I believe I, it won best picture. Yes. Yeah. So clearly I'm wrong, but I just, I, for some <laughs> reason, I don't know what to say other than that's good. You know, wood chipper, love it. Think I'm gonna vomit. That's great. <laughs> it's just for, yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll leave I it think up. This, to you this movie was was a vehicle for Frances McDormand. Like yeah. she's always been a phenomenal actor, and I I found out as we were doing this that she she married one of the Coens the year that Blood Simple was made. Ethan, right? Uh, I think so. The internet knows. Look yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, and that's why she has been a, such a staple of their movies. But her her ability to play a character that feels like it's a throwaway joke, but she plays it with like complete earnesty and, and honesty that it brings it to life. And it just feels like every Midwestern person that you've ever met. And yeah. the kidnapping duo are... Uh, Peter Stormare is is great in anything. I'll I'll, I'll watch him <laughs> yeah. about anything. And like him and Steve Buscemi, like just their jokes fling off one one another. Like when they're in the car, and Steve Buscemi just keeps like talking about how he's silent. He's like, "Fine, I'm not going to talk to you." And you can see how it is sitting in this silent car, and he just keeps talking yeah. about how he's going to stop talking and like stuff like that. Really sticks out to me. That was the Oscar clip, by the way. Was it? Was, yeah, it was um, when the, you know how they used to, they show like one clip to represent yeah. the show. It's that part where Steve Buscemi is like, fine, I won't say anything. And he pauses and he goes, silence. <laughs> and like, <laughs> now it, I still remember that. And for the record, I fact checked, it did not win. That was the year. Oh, the okay. Year, that was the year the English patient won. It was oh. nominated. It was nominated though, and it's considered one of the bigger Oscar snubs, according Not to the Walter Birch's best work. Say. Right, right. Um, so I rewatched it. I love it. I, I, for me, this is a great, great film. Um, I like CD crime stuff. I like the general setting of the film. I think every actor just freaking kills it in this particular movie. William H. Macy is so great in this film. Like, I know we talk about some of the other actors for good reason. William H. Macy is so great. He does that, like smarmy thing so well in that scene when he's selling the car the true coat to the people and he just keeps bringing up the true coat over and over again that scene 
I love it. I love it every time I see it. And then he become he goes from that jerk who's screwing over those people to a guy who's getting ripped out of a bathroom in a motel, CD motel, screaming his ass off like so perfectly. Um, Francis McDormand is great. And I, I love everything about this film. I'm a big fan. I, I think him delivering a role that is as hateable as it is, is really oh. a testament to, to some good acting chops because it's, it is a boring character and yeah. yet he still pulls it into this. Like, I don't personally, I hated him in this movie. Yeah. And, yeah. Like that's exactly where, where you have to sit on it. And it's, it works like one of the cornerstones of, of Cohen verse is that a lot of the movies are either about people who are exceptionally good at committing crimes or exceptionally bad at committing crimes. And it turns out that there's just a lot of story within that one, you know, flip of a coin. Yeah. But now I love it. It's, it's fantastic for me. It's what I rate actually as my top uh, Cohen brothers film. Makes sense. Yep. I but think my I top mean, film might be No Country, but yeah, Argo is definitely is my top half for me. That's probably mine too, actually, No Country. No Country is the highest rated on Letterboxd, I know, for example, of their films. It's got like a 4.3 out of 5, which is really high. It's like one of their top 250 films of all time. Well, it is the nihilism movie. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't think of a movie that explains the concept of nihilism than No Country for Old Men. And so much of that movie just burns itself on your retina yeah. i'm i'm glad that i remembered to look it up by my wife has the can't watch a movie where a dog dies because i totally oh, yeah. forget like three of them die in this oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah like yeah. that scene where the the pit bull is coming down the river at him and just there there are so many things that none of us talked about it but that to me feels like a culmination of a lot of these skills that they they showcased in these other movies yeah i mean it was the only film that i rewatched, even though neither none of us had picked it i was just like oh yeah i should rewatch that to get a good sense of them but i watched too many movies so i was was one of the first movies i um did i buy that on blu-ray I must have. Anyway, I, I I remember owning it and watching it for like every day for like three months in a row. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a great movie. It's, it's I watched probably it thinking that I would love all things Cormac McCarthy. And I still like Cormac McCarthy, but I then like I the saw road. the opponent. I, I like the road too, but then I saw the accountant and I was just like, there are some things that you're better at, Cormac. Uh, and that wasn't one of them. Like yeah, it's I, the moments, but it just wasn't as good as those other two. I haven't seen the movie The Road. I only read the book, but I love the book. So, the movie is intense. Is it? Hmm. Well, I mean, the yeah. book is too. So, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume the movie would be as well. But right on. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, let's go talk about the probably the most culturally popular one. I'd say, like, sure, or yeah, certainly the most referenced. So. Sure, my pick was my second favorite Coen Brothers film, The Big Lebowski. I am a fan of this film. I rewatched it. I ended up liking it a lot still. It's a kind of weird comedy noir uh, starring uh, aimless character, the dude who goes on a journey of self-discovery and 
encounters a bunch of different um, blockades along the way. Uh, he is someone who had his rug ruined and all he wanted to do was get his rug replaced. And he just wanted to get the rug replaced because he had a rug that brought the room together. And when he can't get his rug replaced, everything starts to go to hell. And when I rewatched this, I liked it. Uh, the dude is my favorite character personally in uh, Coen Brothers uh, lore. Um, I really enjoyed it. I yeah, I enjoyed this film. This this movie was the rare occurrence. It was like a musical supergroup that actually delivers on all the names in the <laughs> band. Because every supporting character in this movie is as good as the dude and as you know unique and and delightful. But somehow the the dude can override them all. But then you also have like you have Sam Elliott, you have John Goodman, you have uh, Julianne Moore. You even even Tara Reid does a good job with her like three yeah. lines in this yeah. movie. Uh, fun fact: I I actually I went to Iceland three years ago and found myself at a Big Lebowski theme bar. That's how. You know, that's how international this movie is. Just every type of white Russian you could possibly imagine. Oh, weird. This movie oh, also weird. brought ba- brought the white Russian to the forefront of the cocktail game of every college yeah, yeah. party I ever attended. Uh, I had a weird history with this movie, and this is um, I think it sums up my Cohen brother experience as a whole. Um, for years I thought I was the weirdest person for not liking this movie. Like I didn't for whatever reason i just never laughed at it and then i sat down and watched it a couple oh sometime earlier this week and i loved it i thought it oh, was great. great and i didn't know if it was just like that thing of college where everyone's like quoting it all the time and then like also i could never watch it by myself i always had like four drunk dudes telling me how this is the best thing that's ever been written and never been right. shot and i'm just like i'm not having fun I'm not, I'm not having a good time. Like, I, I want to go home and I don't want to watch this fucking movie anymore. Um, but like sitting down and watch this movie is, I mean, it's fucking hilarious. And like all the freaking Donnie stuff, the someone was telling me that there is a theory, or I saw it online where there's a theory that Donnie isn't real. It's Walter's flashback of somebody he knew in Vietnam. So like if you it's like I'm like replaying the scene of I am the walrus. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Like randomly, Walter just saying shit like that randomly. Mm-hmm. And like the dude not being able to hear Donnie. Just even like it's it's so funny. It does there's so many. There's, this movie's great. I love it so much. I, I, I think that that's that's how good this movie is that John Goodman wasn't able to steal the show as Walter Sobchak. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And even uh uh philip seymour hoffman is as the assistant like everybody just knows how to deliver just maximum performance my favorite minor character is the jesus uh yes. so <laughs> i was so bummed when they made a sequel like john tuturo yeah, made yeah. his own sequel that from everything i heard was just terrible oh no i love yeah it's I just love it in the original jesus. though yeah <laughs> But yeah, and like everybody knows to go like full ham, like when he's like buffing the ball, just everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one has cared this much about bowling ever, but it this this movie just delivers across the board. I mean, I I think the hardest I've laughed this month is 
They're nihilist, man. We <laughs> <laughs> believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> so great. I, I also like the, uh, what was it? The aquatic marmot or aquatic rodent, something like that. Yeah, he's oh, a yeah. nice marmot, man. Or, yeah, like, uh, but, oh, I want to make a, a comment. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, he oh. makes great acting choices uh like roles that he picks like he's in a great series of films if you look at his filmography and i don't know who his agent is but his agent's phenomenal that's all i want to say about flea from the red hot chili peppers this is another movie with just bangers galore on the soundtrack yeah i i remember downloading this from Kazaa or Napster back in the day. When I was like, what Kenny Rogers like what <laughs> this yeah. this is good. <laughs> it's so weird how like I have so like I've seen this movie in bits and pieces obviously as I previously mentioned. And it's like so like none of the jokes were new, right? Sure. Like I I I heard all the jokes before but watching them strung together, it's a perfectly paced movie. And like it it just ramps up and it's I, yeah it's well what you mentioned you're you're like none of these jokes are new but at the same time no matter how many times i see this movie none of these jokes ever feel old either yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think what was interesting about the the film was i hadn't seen it for a while i think it's a film that actually in some ways even though i always liked it the older you are you might appreciate it more like the way that you That's were talking true. about uh not liking it before I mean, I, there are all sorts of reasons to like it when you're young, but when you're older, you're more likely to have met uh, a version of the dude at some point in your life, or you're more likely to have met a version of Walter Sobchak or, you know, like these sorts of characters. And um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, I think it's a movie where it really is even getting better with age. Like I, I love it. it. It's, and it's so nice to look back at a film you liked when you were younger and realize, oh, good, it's not horribly dated and you know what I mean, like out of touch. It's a film that still works. It it also marked Jeff Bridges becoming like the the modern Jeff Bridges and how good of an actor he's become through the years. Yeah, yeah. like in yeah. his early '80s movies, he's okay, but like he's not the dude, right? What I was going to say is this is like the polar opposite of a serious man where bad shit happens, but it has such like a, it's such a good time from start to finish. You're just chilling out. <laughs> you know? Even a little stuff like when he nails the, the board in front of the door before realizing the door opens outwards yeah. and that she just fucked up his floor. <laughs> Well, Jeff Bridges just does such a perfect job of always seeming like he's going to be okay somehow, right? Like, and that's why you always feel comfortable in the movie. I mean, it's the script too, but like, yeah, Jeff Bridges is just so damn good in this role. Yeah, he just refuses to be ground down by all of this stuff. And I think that's what makes him set apart from a lot of the Coen movie or Coen brother movie characters is that a lot of these people do get ground down by the circumstances, but the dude carries on. Sam Elliott says it all. You know, the the dude just keeps on keeping on. So, yeah, well, that was our Coen Brothers thing. Um, Same episode. <laughs> it was it's a thing, right? Thanks. Yeah, sure. So I guess um, I'm sold. I'm now officially a fan. So nice. Welcome. 
<laughs> I've always been a fan, but I'm re-upping my dues. There you go. I so. bought the lifetime membership years ago, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, uh, time for just a few plugs. Uh, check out Screaming Celluloid, uh, my other horror movie podcast. Follow me on Letterboxd. I'm Todd. Yeah, just Todd. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it, still, it still cracks me up every time. <laughs> Don't follow me on Letterboxd. Follow Todd because he writes more reviews than me. The only two reviews—the only two reviews I have are Hallmark Christmas movies. So I got to get on that shit. Yeah. Oh man, you have so many more Hallmark Christmas movies to review. Then I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. Richard. You got anything? Uh, nope. Just uh, the grumpy GM on Letterboxd. I'll probably do more stuff once this pandemic is over. But until then, I'm boring. Yep. Me too. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye.